When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. side. It ain't the left side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Cat NFL. On Twitter, Paul is fanatic underscore pick. The Dolphins take on the Las Vegas Raiders on primetime this Saturday in what appears to be a do-or-die game for the Dolphins. We're joined by your boy Q from the Locked on Raiders and Locked on Bets websites there. Be sure to go check him out. He actually, I just listened to a segment of his with uh, Travis Wingfield, who we're all familiar with, and Kyle Krabs as well. Thanks for joining us here. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. I'm excited for this Saturday night game, man. Primetime action. What else do you want, right? Yep, you got got Christmas Eve right now, Christmas, then uh then the Raiders Dolphins game Saturday and then football all day Sunday. I mean, I don't think the the calendar could be much better than that. No, not at all, man. I'm excited about it. Good action going on. Absolutely. So, to start out here, you know, the Raiders are 7 and 7, the Dolphins are 9 and 5. You know, this past Thursday we saw Marcus Mariota get on the field and you know, Mariota is interesting. They signed to a contract that's pretty hefty for a backup. They guaranteed $7.5 million this year. He finally gets on the field against the Chargers, 226 yards passing, 88 yards rushing, 27 points on offense, and a shootout loss to the Chargers. So two questions here. Number one, who is your preference on who starts for the Raiders at quarterback, and who do you think will start? That's a great question. You know, that's been a really good debate amongst Raider Nation ever since they saw what Marcus Mariota was able to do Thursday night against the Chargers in relief with Derek Carr. And, look, I think Derek Carr's had a fine season. I think he's done a really good job taking his, his game to the next level. So I think that he's earned the right to, to start if he's healthy, you know, and that's the caveat right there. As long as he's healthy and can defend himself and can protect himself, most importantly, he's earned the right to start. Now, with all that being said, I enjoyed what I saw with Marcus Mariota as far as his legs go Thursday night. Uh, like the ability to make lemonade out of lemons when plays break down, just being able to scramble out of there, get out of there, and make something happen. And, look, I'm not saying that he's going to be able to do that every single week. Like this week, if the Dolphins are preparing for him, how is it going to be? Is it going to be as, not as simple, but is it going to be able to, you know, be as effective as he was 
<clears throat> last week, or is he is it going to be a lot more you know not dangerous, but a lot more uh, you know tough on him because the team is prepared for him? That's going to be the big question. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, man, I think Derek Carr uh, is going to be the guy if he's healthy. He was a full participant in practice on Wednesday, which was kind of surprising to me, but he was. So I think that there is trending in the direction of uh, of Derek Carr starting. I will say this, and this is what I've basically been preaching all week long. I don't care who starts. I don't care if Derek Carr gets a start. I would like to see a package or two uh, put in there for Marcus Mariota, similar to what you see in New Orleans with Taysom Hill and the fact that he's able to get into the game and Sean Payton used him very creatively. Marcus Mariota is an athlete, and you mentioned all the money that they gave him to begin with. Go ahead and get your money's worth. You know, get something out of it. So that's that's my big thing. Like, hey, what can you get out of this guy? Can he be a threat in the red zone? Can you use him offensively as a weapon? Regardless of how you do it, I mean, teams have to respect his arm, even though he's not as accurate as Derek Carr. They still have to respect his arm, so that just makes his legs that much more effective as well. So I think he should be part of the game plan. I don't know if he's going to start. And, and again, it looks like Derek Carr is going to get to start because he was a full, full participant in practice on Wednesday. Certainly, and you know, Marcus Mariota, former second overall pick, ran a sub four six coming out of the draft. So certainly, you can design some packages for him. Uh, to go back to Derek Carr. You, Quarterback rating of 102 on the year, uh, 24 touchdowns, seven interceptions. You know, there was a time, I remember, I think it was the end of the 2016 season, where I thought Derek Carr was an MVP-type candidate. And this looks to be his best year since then. Do you see, do you attribute that to Carr rounding back into form, or do you attribute that a little bit more to kind of the added weapons he's had, like, like Nelson Aguilar and with Josh Jacobs going into his second year? You know, I think it's a lot of different things that have led to Carr's success in 2021. I think, personally, I think he looked in the mirror and got his confidence back. You know, in 2016, he was able to, and he's not, you know, Marcus Mariota, he's not going to sit there and fly around the field with his legs. But in 2016, he would run around and he would, you know, pick up a first down here or there. He'd move the pocket left or right here and there. You know, he would do that. And then after he he hurt himself in 2016, broke his ankle, it was almost like he was a, a statue back there and he was afraid to run. He was afraid to, you know, get out there and move. And this year, he's incorporated that into his game. Now, again, not as effective as what Marcus could do with his legs. They're just two different animals, man. You can't expect, you know, an, an, an antelope or, or whatever. You can't expect, like, an elephant to be an antelope or, or whatever the saying is. Who cares? Either way, you know what I'm saying. They're not the same sure, Certainly. You know, so uh, that's one of the things They're definitely that not. he's gotten back is his confidence, which is the most important thing. And then you mentioned those weapons. Nelson Aguilar, he's a guy I thought was going to be uh, a cut. I didn't think he was going to make the roster. I thought he was just going to be a training camp guy because of everything you saw when he left Philadelphia. He just he didn't look like he had his confidence. So I thought, okay, no chance he's going to stick around. He's just going to be there as a camp body. And he's really uh, – and this may be, you know, kind of a cause of Henry Ruggs not getting as much burn as he, as he expected to get his rookie year. He's kind of really taken over that role and been Derek Carr's go-to guy, you know, and had a career resurgence there with the Raiders. And so uh, he's been a, a really pleasant surprise. And now he's to the point where I'm talking about, man, Raiders, go ahead and give him a contract extension. Make sure you don't let him get out the building. I mean, that's how good he's been. Darren Waller, of course, he's a, a constant, constant. You know what you're going to get from him. He's a heck of a player. Uh, you know, one of the one of the better tight ends in the league. I would say probably top three, top four tight end in the league. Obviously, uh, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey up there at the top. But he's right up there with the best of them, man. And so, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of weapons around Carr. Uh, there's a better understanding of John Gruden's offense. This is the third year he's uh, been under John Gruden. The first time in his career he's been with the same guy for three years. Uh, that, that says something. 
And uh, like I said, I think it all goes back to confidence. When you put all that together and you put it in, a, in the blender and blend it up, you have a really good season. And that's what Derek Carr has, has given the Raiders in 2020. Yeah, and you talked about Darren Waller on the season, 93 catches, 967 yards, eight touchdowns. And after Kelsey and Darren Waller there in the AFC West, you have to go a long, long way to, just to find the third tight end. So Waller comes out of Georgia Tech several years ago as a wide receiver, has, has some problems, gets some suspensions, gets cut a few times. Now he's turned into a well-rounded tight end there with the Raiders. But go back to Henry Ruggs there. I believe what's the latest on him? Do the Raiders expect him to be back in this game? Uh, well, Henry Ruggs, he's on the COVID-19 list right now, you know, so I don't know. I don't think he's going to be available to play on, uh, on on Saturday, and that's unfortunate. He hasn't had the season that I expected. Some Raider fans will tell you that, oh, it's okay. His speed, you know, changes the game. It opens up for everybody else. It makes the offense uh, that much easier for everybody else, and there's some truth to that, but they didn't draft him number 12 overall to get 23 catches and 400 yards and two TDs. I mean, you know, they just didn't. They drafted him number 12 sure. overall to be a guy that was going to get into the end zone early and often, be a weapon, uh, be a Tyreek Hill, John Gruden's words, not mine, Tyreek Hill, part of the offense, and it just hasn't come to that, come to fruition so far. Not saying he's a bust, not saying that, it's a, you know, he's a bad player. I think he's really good. I think he's got a lot to work on as far as getting better. I think the team needs to figure out how to use him better. I think John Gruden needs to use, uh, figure out how to use him better. There's a lot that goes into it, but Henry Ruggs, I believe, is going to be a good player. We just haven't seen, and when I say we, I mean the fan base, has not seen a lot from him this season where it's like, okay, I see why you drafted a number 12 overall. Like, I get the get the concept behind it. I know the Raiders are trying to stretch the field with him a lot, a lot of go routes. That's not what he ran at Alabama. If you go back and watch what he did with the Crimson Tide, man, he ran a lot of slants. He ran a lot of crossing patterns. And that's not how the Raiders are using him. So they kind of got to go back to, hey, what do we like about this guy to begin with? Oh, yeah, that's right. Let's try to incorporate incorporate that into our game. So uh, I think it's still trying to figure him out a little bit, uh, the best way to put him in a, a, a position to succeed in the NFL. He's going to come around. I don't think he plays this Saturday. So I think that's one less weapon that the Dolphins and their extremely good secondary and, and safety have to worry about. And even if Ruggs is a one-dimensional type weapon right now, that's an important dimension uh, as, as a deep threat if the Raiders continue to use that. And that's, that's something they have in their back pocket, like you alluded to. Go, let's look at the offensive line here. Uh, you know, Richie Incognito was signed, what, two years ago now, and I believe he's on injured reserve. And yep. they, they got Trent Brown back here recently. They've got Colton Miller at the other offensive tackle spot. How has this offensive line performed for the Raiders this year? Well, it's been really good. It's been one of the bright spots of the of the team, really. And it's funny because you mentioned Trent Brown. Uh, for the longest, he hadn't played. You know, I think he's only played in three games so far this season, maybe four. Uh, he played the first game of the season against the Panthers for three snaps, and then he was out. And then he didn't play again until week five, and then he's played the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, uh, basically he's played in about four games this year. And so uh, the, the offensive line was a big mixed match of people. You know, the you missed the guard here. You missed the guard there. You missed Trent Brown. Your second string, uh, you know, right tackle went down. You're on your third string right tackle. You move a guard out the tackle. Tom Cable, the offensive line coach, has done one heck of a job with that offensive line this year. That's one spot I could say is a very bright spot. Um, Rodney Hudson is the center. He's been the anchor, and he's, uh, it's a shame that he didn't make the Pro Bowl. I think he's one of the most underrated centers in the league. Uh, but either way you look at it, man, he, he's been the rock right there in the middle. And then he's got, you know, Gabe Jackson, you mentioned. Colton Miller's a lot better than he was his rookie year. He's continuing to improve. 
you know, and then they got Denzel Good there. He's been filling in since Richie Incognito's out for the season. He's been filling in there at that left guard spot. And, and like I mentioned, he actually had to play some right tackle at one point and did a good job as well. So the offensive line has done a really, really good job. Uh, if there's one complaint uh, that I have, it ain't about the offensive line because they've done their job. We're joined by your boy Q. Be sure to join him on the Locked on Bets podcast as well as Locked on Raiders. Let's take a look here at the defense, too. So, And I've got to tell you. Do we have to? For me, <laughs> yeah, I'll say this. The, I'm so glad for the Raiders that they, that they fired Paul Gunther. And um, uh, my advice to you is the same I give to Dolphin fans. Don't ever hire an ex-Bengals defensive coordinator again because uh, we've had three of them in a row that were just putrid. You had Kevin Coyle, Vance Joseph, yep. and Matt Burke here for the, for the Dolphins. Uh, but last week, Rod Marinelli has his first week calling the shots. What is, did you see any differences between Paul Gunther and Rod Marinelli there in the first week against the Chargers? Not a whole lot of differences, but it was a short week, too. You know, they fired him on Sunday, and the game was on Thursday. So, I mean, you know, you, you can't just uh, turn water into wine <laughs> and, and make it happen overnight. So I get that. So I kind of give Rob Marinelli a little bit of a pass. But with that being said, I, I don't see this defense getting much better in 2020. I just don't. I think that they need to go back to the drawing board. I think they need to get rid of every Paul Gunther concept that they had in the system. Because, look, Marinelli's been working under Paul Gunther, so they still are going to have a lot of concepts. And that's one of the biggest problems. They have too many concepts. They have too many uh, play calls. The, the playbook is way too thick for the defense, you know, and there's been discussion over the past week or so uh, from a former Raider player, linebacker that uh, that played for the team in 2019, and he said, hey, man, on third down, we had, you know, 30 different play calls for third down. Like, that makes us think. That makes us slow down. That makes us uh, not be effective. And so that's one of the biggest issues with the defense. There are some talented guys on there, but they're not living up to what, they, what they're brought in for. Like, Corey Littleton was brought in as a free agent, big-time linebacker from the Rams, really good with the Rams. Uh, he looks lost. He looks like a ball in high weeds. He just looks lost with the Ra- uh, with the Raiders. And so you wonder, well, he didn't forget how to play football. What's going on? You know, so there's guys that are playing, I, I feel, out of position. Uh, I-, I think that this defense just needs to go into the offseason. They need to get rid of the defensive staff and, you know, look at the players that they can build around, bring in a real deal defensive coordinator, a guy who knows how to get things turned around, a guy who knows how to get success out of who he has immediately, bring in some, some players that he needs and-, and get this thing turned around because, that's the Achilles heel of the Raiders right now. The defense is what's holding them back. The offense is good, but they, they can't go and they can't do certain things and certain elements of the offense because they're afraid to put the defense back on the field. So they may, you know, slow it down a little bit and maybe get what people call conservative because they're trying to spend some more time, waste more time and, and keep that defense on the sideline. And really, if you have to do that, that's not a winning recipe for winning football and playoff football, which is the most important thing in the NFL. Yeah, and I know they've had a lot of injuries there on defense. And if what I'm hearing on the latest is correct here, it looks like they're going to be without Nick Nick Kwiatkowski in this one. Yep. They're going to be without Cleveland Farrell and probably yep. without Damon Arnett as well at cornerback. Uh, it looks like they're going to get Jonathan Abram at safety back, if I if I'm recalling this correctly, as well as defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins. Is that the latest that you're hearing too on on kind of how the defense is shaping up? For Saturday. Yeah, that is. Absolutely. Uh, Arnett's going to be out with this concussion that he's been dealing with. I think he misses the rest of the season. It's his second concussion that he's had already this year. And uh, he's the, the rookie from Ohio State. Uh, so he, he, you know, I think he's going to be out for sure. 
Uh, and then, like you mentioned, Cleve Farrell, who actually is having a really good season, he's going to be out. He's dealing with a shoulder injury. But, yeah, Jonathan Abram comes back. Jonathan Hank is the big man in the middle. He'll come back. Uh, Abram, he is a guy that Raider Nation loves, and then they hate him at the same time. Like, they love him because he brings a lot of energy, brings a lot of swagger. He talks a lot of trash. You know, he's, he's a typical, like, Raider. You know, he's got that old-school-type Raider feel to him, you know, uh, just just punch you in the mouth type of dude. But the problem is a lot of times he punches and he misses. And a lot of times he'll take bad angles. And a lot of times he'll freelance when he can't. You know, he's still young, so he doesn't know the NFL game yet. So I think personally that he just needs to slow down. I think he needs to kind of learn the game, develop, understand what he's asked to do, do his job, and then, you know, go for a splash play every once in a while. But he goes for a, a blow-up shot every single time. He thinks he's Ronnie Lott out there in the middle, and it's just not who he is, you know, and, and it's just, Unfortunately, he got that number 24 on his back, so he's, he's going back to old man Willie Brown. He's going back to old man uh, Charles Woodson and all the greats that have worn that 24 number and thinking that he's that guy already when he's not accustomed to the NFL game yet. So I think he's going to be a good player. A, a lot of people who you know cover the game and analyze the game and break it down see he has good traits. He's just not there yet. And, and so he's got to kind of look in the mirror and figure out exactly who he wants to be and what he wants to be and if he's going to take his game from okay to good to great, you know, and right now he's just okay. Right. And, you know, he's one of the pure, one of the remaining pure strong safeties in the NFL because so many of the safeties are, are these converted cornerbacks so that they can cover more of the passing game. Abram, like you said, is more kind of that throwback old school strong safety. So, yeah, he's former first round pick coming back off an injury. We'll, we'll see how he does on that. So, you know, the Raiders overall have disappointed as, as a defense this year. What would you say is their biggest strength on defense, and what would you say is their biggest weakness? Oh man! <laughs> oh wow! That, that's a, you that's can pass a great on the question. strength part if you want, but I mean, there's the the, the biggest strength I would say is probably going to be the guy who's going to be missing this week, Nick Rukowski. You know, in the the middle linebacker, the general for the defense. He's the guy calling the shots. He's out on COVID nineteen reserve list, so. Uh, he's been a pleasant surprise, and not really a surprise, but he, he's actually done his job and, and done what he's been expected to do. Um, and, and, you know, I think that probably the biggest disappointment, I, I hate to say it, is probably uh, Mad Max Crosby, who had a really good year, his rookie year, uh, with 10 sacks and, uh, you know, coming in as a, as a fourth-round draft pick. Well, this year, coming into his second season, everyone knew who he was, and they weren't going to get let him uh, catch him off guard. So he had six sacks, and he hasn't had one since week 10. So it, it's been a while. It looks like he's kind of wearing down towards the end of this 2020 season. And I just think that maybe he's, you know, coming up against matchups that he, he's just not built to overcome. And, and that's unfortunate. It's something he's got to get back to the drawing board and, and uh, you know, and work out and continue to, you know, be put into the right position. Uh, also, I'll say a lot of the young guys on the on the defensive side of the ball that you expected to see a lot of good things from, including Jonathan Abram, who we just talked about. Damon Arnett, who was the number 19 overall pick in the first round out of Ohio State. Uh, you know, he, he's been in and out of the lineup with multiple injuries and now multiple concussions. And so you haven't got to see him very much. Trayvon Mullen, a second-year guy out of Clemson, uh, the other corner, he was a guy that you expected to take a, a really good step in his second year uh, in the league. And it feels like, especially the last couple of games, he's been called for a bunch of penalties. And then he's just been getting, you know, really picked on by opposing offenses. So I feel like he's kind of regressing as well. So, you know, when I'm looking for bright spots and I'm trying to be positive about the defense, there's not a whole lot. You know, and, and I hate to say that, and I hate to sound like that, but there's really not a whole lot of positivity as far as the, the defense goes. Uh, I, I mentioned at the beginning of this, it's the Achilles heel of the Raiders, and, and they've got to figure out how to get it fixed. 
My solution is to go do everything you can to bring in Wade Phillips, switch the defense to a 3-4, let him get this thing turned around quick, fast, and in a hurry. You know he's only going to be around for a few years. You know, I think four years max is what he is, his, his, you know, his expiration date. He usually lasts about four years and then he's gone. That's fine. Just, you know, get, get, <laughs> get it right and then have someone there ready to take over when he's ready to move on. I mean, if you bring in Wade Phillips, you at least get that ex-Bengals defensive coordinator, you know, stink out of the building. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you can start turning it back, back around on that. But yeah, you're you're right. I mean, not to rub salt in the wound for you, but uh, the last five games, you know, 35 points to the Chiefs, 43 to the Falcons, 28 to the Jets, 44 to the Colts. That's the game that got Gunther fired and 30 to the Chargers last week in overtime. So yeah, it's... We, Definitely a, a defense that's that's on the decline here right now. But, you know, the Raiders are only two-and-a-half-point underdogs in this contest. What is your score prediction for this game? Oh, man, that's a good question because that Dolphins defense is so stinking good, man. I, and, there's, look, there's a reason why the Raiders went out and tried to go get Byron Jones. And all Dolphin fans, and you know, and you covering the Dolphins, you see why. You know, the, with Byron Jones and Xavier Howard on those corners, man, that makes – things a lot better for that uh that that defense and so I think it's going to be tough sledding for the Raiders I really do uh I mentioned before that I think that the Raiders they or I know the Raiders like to, to butter their bread by way of the the run game man that's just what they want to get established uh I know that the the Dolphins are a little stingy at, at that uh, area of the team as well so I think it's going to be tough man I really do think it's going to be a tough game uh I don't see the Raiders scoring 30 points usually when they score 30 something points they have a really good chance of winning even though well the last couple times they did it they still took an L uh, but either way you look at it, man, I, I think, uh, man, I'm kind of looking at a maybe a 24-21 game, uh, and I, I think the Dolphins are going to uh, win it just because I don't think the Raiders' defense is, is strong enough to to stop them. So I'm looking around that range, man, 24-21, 21, um, you know, 16, 18, something like that. I, I think that the Dolphins come away with a three-point victory. Seems like the last couple of years the Raiders just haven't been able to shake the Dolphins, and, and Miami has their has their number each and every time. We're joined here by your boy Q from the Locked On Bets and Locked On Raiders podcast. He's been kind enough, kind enough to join us here for 20 minutes on Christmas Eve, preparing the Raiders Dolphins matchup. Thanks for joining. Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, you can always hit me up on Twitter if you want, at your boy Q254. Uh, you can find me on multiple radio stations all the time doing my shows, ESPN Central Texas, Raider Nation Radio 920 in Vegas, uh, Locked On Raiders, like you mentioned, Locked On Bets. I do a little bit of everything, man. So I definitely appreciate you guys on. Whenever you call, uh, I try to make myself available. Awesome, and we'd be happy to return the favor on that, too. And that's going to do it for our Raiders-Dolphins preview here. Looking at the opposing sidelines, side you can follow Paul and I at BrianCatNFL on Twitter, as well as Fanatic underscore Pick, as well as all of our social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. If it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the thin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the thin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the thin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.